All right, guys, welcome back. Southeastern 14, Max Barr joins once again, and this is opening day for our SEC basketball predictions for the 23-24 season. For all of you who have followed you know, our stuff here on the channel the past couple of years, you know we pretty much do a predictions video for every SEC slate in basketball. Uh, you know, Also, usually do some reaction stuff to some of the bigger games as well, but I guess, Max, I told you going all the way back, I think it was 2016, I started doing SEC basketball picks in written form on my own website. So, like, we are going on, like, year seven here of me going into this, trying to make picks for every game. Now, this slate will be a little bit easier, I think, to make picks for than the ones we start to get into after opening night, November the 6th. And just so you guys know, we're recording this a couple days in advance. This will probably publish on Sunday, so... Um, just so you guys have an idea of when we're doing this, any injuries, anything like that that comes out. But Max, are you ready to enter the experience that is SEC basketball predictions? I, I I've been saying it's like Christmas Eve for me. <laughs> I honestly, I feel like that little kid when they walk down the stairs that morning and they're just looking at every present and they're trying to see like what's the best ones. I'm like a kid in a candy shop right now. I'm all bottled up. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. You say that now, but uh, what you don't realize is that we are going to keep a record of uh, our prediction throughout the season, and we're going to find out who is the best of the best here. Uh, of course, we'll kind of have a rotating cast of people. Chris Lee, of course, will join us. Uh, Brian Edwards probably joining us as well for some betting stuff. And speaking of betting stuff, Max, did you know that we are now proudly sponsored by Bet Online? Uh, our friends over at Bet Online, of course, the last major. Pro Sports League is kicked off with the NBA. College basketball, ready to go. If you are ready to go with some betting, bet online, your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. Uh, again, they have NFL, college football, UFC, NHL. They're all in full swing. Um, bet online, your number one source, wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. You can get all the hoops action, whether it's NBA, college basketball, along with every other sport uh, available at your fingertips uh, using both the desktop and mobile access at any time. Uh, so do us a favor. If you want to support the channel, you want to support us doing these predictions videos uh, throughout the year, you can do it by heading over to Bet Online today and use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. B-L-E-A-V, guys. That is your promo code, 50% off your welcome bonus. Uh, Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, the games do start on Monday, November the 6th, and we're going to go. In order here now, certainly, guys, we're not going to spend five minutes each on some of these games that just, quite frankly, are you know <laughs> twenty plus point type games uh, or yeah. more. So, but we're going to start with one that actually is the best game on the slate, uh, and that is going to be Oregon taking on Georgia. That's a four thirty p.m. Eastern tip off, and you don't even have to wait until March this year to ask the question to Google what channel is True TV because <laughs> you get to do it. In game one this year, game one, you have to watch True TV. This is not the NCAA tournament. This is game one. So, um, but here we are, Max, the Georgia Bulldogs tipping off the season. Ken Palm, which, you know, we like to use Ken Palm here, but as we always say too, early in the season, you know, take it for what it is. There's no data yet that's kind of input uh, for this specific season. So you just kind of have to take it for what you see. Ken Palm has this uh, Oregon as a two-point favorite in this game. Um, you know, spreads depending on where you look, uh, a little bit more than that, probably. Thoughts, Max, on the Bulldogs and the Ducks? Yeah, I, I cannot wait for this one. This is best game on the slate. Um, depending on where you look, 
only single digit uh, spread out there for the, the the first Monday here for the SEC at least. Um, Georgia, a little bit of an injury report. Uh, RJ Sunahara, the uh, D2 player of the year transfer, had a knee injury in their latest exhibition. He's considered day to day. So I would put that as a questionable tag if we're like playing fantasy football here. Um, and then uh, Jalen Deloach also dealing with a leg injury also day to day. So I'll kind of call both of these guys questionable for Monday. Um, two two pretty good pieces for Georgia, like both rotational guys that were going to get minutes in the front court there. So something to keep an eye on um, on Georgia's side for sure there. Yeah, keep an eye on that as always with these opening kind of games. You just yeah, <laughs> the, you never know kind of how that's going to go in terms of how coaches decide to you know kind of manage that and what it looks like. I mean, Oregon. Hey, I mean, again, we, we know kind of the success that, that Oregon's had, um, you know, under Dane Altman there. I think Ken Palm, they're 41 to start the season, which Pac-12 wise, I mean, that's kind of, you know, I think top five um, behind Arizona, USC, UCLA, Colorado. So, um, again, so Oregon's a pretty good team and lines. It's an interesting line, I think, for this game, because I think expectations for Georgia, as we said, you know, we talked about accounting coming into the season. Um, I think the roster's better overall. Uh, it's just, uh, this is, it's a great way to start because this will tell us a lot. Again, if everybody's available, uh, it tells us a lot kind of about where they're at. And um, yeah, I'm interested to see kind of who emerges of some of these newcomers, uh, which we know there are options, Noah Thompson and and guys like that. And so very curious to see uh, what the Bulldogs look like here against Oregon. But Max, we got to make our picks on this one. This is a hard one to pick for game one. Well, um, before we make picks, there's another thing to note about Oregon. They're banged up also. Yeah, They've got, they've got a bunch of injuries. Um, Dana Altman said, I think it was two days ago, he said in Folly Dante, their 6'11 senior center, and Jermaine Kusnard, their 6'4 senior guard, like their two leaders, two leading scorers from last year's team who are returning, both haven't practiced this week. Nate Biddle, their 7-foot junior, just rolled his ankle, and then Mookie Cook, their uh, their wing freshman, was a McDonald's All American, twentieth or twenty first overall recruit. He's out until December. So both teams here are. It's going to be looking a little bit. Um, they're not going to be not going to have all hands on deck. Put it that way. Yeah, and just as a note, I I don't know if this is a good thing or bad thing. I'm trying to pull up the Pac-12 preseason poll, and let me just tell you this, Max. When I try to do it on the Pac-12 website, it doesn't work. Um, Pac-12 just having a, a rough time right now. Um, mm. But I did find it on another website. Oregon was picked fourth uh, and really not that far behind UCLA, Arizona, USC, UCLA all got first place votes. Oregon finished fourth, um, only 21 points behind UCLA in the voting. So, again, I think high expectations for this Oregon team. I mean, the season, like I said, a little banged up, but I'm going to Oregon here. I just, you know, I, I hate picking against the SEC in, in game one of our season-long predictions, but um, I just think Oregon probably more of a proven commodity to this point, uh, while I think Georgia's kind of a team that, you know, we're probably taking a wait-and-see approach on. So, Does it have to be a, a side pick, or can I do a total? You can do however you want to do it, but you got to pick right. a side either way. Got to pick a side either way? Yeah. Okay, so as a side, I'll take I'll take the points with Georgia, and that's because I like the under here. I think I just I think it's going to be a little bit scrappy. Both teams have 
you know, major piece, not major pieces. If you're looking at Georgia, I mean, it could be if Sunahara, you know, really breaks out. But you got both teams with pieces that haven't been practicing lately, and it's the first game of the year. Georgia's, they both got seven footers. So I just think it's going to be a scrappy, low-scoring game, and that's why I'll take the points. Oregon to win the game? Oregon to win, but I think it's, I, I got Georgia covering that four and a yeah. half. I think it's going to be a, a little, a close little grinder. Grinder. Like our grinders here to start SEC play. Plenty of those coming this season. All right. Now we get into the try to find talking points uh, part of the <laughs> predictions. It's like Tennessee is going to play Tennessee Tech. Uh, for those of you who have not watched any of our videos before, I would highly suggest you go watch our power rankings. A video we did, Max and I, about 50 minutes, I think that was. Um, spoiler alert, we had Tennessee at number one uh, in our staff composite ranking. So the Vols enter the season as our number one team. Max has them as the number one team in the country entering the season. Uh, so that is where expectations stand on Tennessee. Uh, if you're looking at Tennessee Tech, um, maybe not as high of expectations. They are uh, Blue Ribbon had them picked eight in the OVC. Um, once again, you know, a little familiarity, of course, uh, SEC wise with John Pelfrey still there coaching. Uh, I think this is going to be his fifth year there, uh, at Tennessee tech. And so, yeah, I mean, look, Max, like we said, these are the games that we move through pretty quickly, but, um, more so in these kind of games, we usually focus on the SEC side and just say, Hey, what are we looking for uh, in this? I think for both of us, it would be, can Dalton connect, continue his highlight mm -hmm. reel, play uh the big play of course against michigan state but i think more interesting to me is just and you can only tell so much about rotations in these kind of games that probably are going to become blowouts at some point um but you know i'm curious to see how many minutes you know certain guys get on this one outside of the guys that we fully expected by the way vescovy i think he was reported this morning we're recording this on friday he's good yes. to go yep. um so you know he didn't play the exhibition but he's good to go so that's good for tennessee fans but yeah i think i'm curious to see you know fred de leon um you know minutes wise mayshack adu all those guys that we know you don't say just complimentary pieces but they kind of are in terms of what you're building around uh with some of the other main guys so yeah curious to see what it looks like for the walls here i'm just i'm excited to see how this tennessee offense looks uh in a, in a real game uh, Tennessee yeah. Tech had a defense outside the top 300, and they were like a bottom 50 defense in the country last year. Um, they don't got a ton of size, um, so I'm I'm interested to see. Uh, Tennessee's been playing a lot of five out in these these scrimmages. Adu has hit a three, I think, in like every uh, every exhibition they've had. So I'm just I'm excited for the Tennessee offense connect just to see if he's. I picked him uh, to my first team All SEC. I'm just I'm I'm excited to see how the how the offense looks. Yeah, Tennessee Tech has to replace four starters. I think only one guy coming back that averaged in double figures. And like you said, defense wasn't great last year. So we'll see what John Pelfrey can try to cook up here against the Vols. All right. Mm. Mm. South Carolina, South, Car uh, South Carolina Upstate here. You hear me kind of hesitate a little bit because mm, I, don't, I don't have a lot to say about this one, Max. Um, Gamecocks, unfortunately, like we said, um, 14th in our – Preseason power rankings out of 14 teams. Uh, I know the Wofford exhibition probably did not give a lot of optimism either. Uh, and so, yeah, the Gamecocks uh, sitting here against, you know, a team that is, you know, it should take care of business against. But again, man, South Carolina has just, I don't know. I mean, this is an upstate team. I'm kind of looking at some previous 
of course, they played last year. South Carolina won that game by 15 uh, in Columbia. And kind of looking back to see exactly, and I promise we're not going to spend a ton of minute, a ton of time on this, but you want to know who the second leading score was for USC Upstate uh, last year in this game? Is he in the SEC right now? He is. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Ganey scored 13 points uh, in that game. So, uh, yeah, for USC Upstate. But South Carolina won that one. And just again, as a reference, South Carolina trailed at halftime in that game a season ago. Um, your thoughts, Max, on South Carolina, USC, Upstate. Yeah, you beat me to the Jordan Ganey nugget there. I had that written <laughs> down. Um, yeah, so, so they, they lose they lose a dynamic score. Um, but they have a, they got two good guards still, Justin Bailey and Trey Broadmax, I think I want to say. Two double-digit scorers who can shoot above 30% from three. They were both picked on the uh, Big East South uh, – or the Big South second team. Um, so they've, they've still got some guys that can score. Um, but I just, I have no clue how this team's going to look without Ganey because he did a little bit of everything for them. Um, I think South Carolina should take care of business. This, this upstate team's not very good. (sighs) I, yes, but I don't know. Um, like I said, this game was a game a season ago. Um, like I said, you do have to replace Ganey, but, um, yeah, Blue Ribbon picked uh, upstate sixth. In the Big South, so um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I would, I'm if you're betting this game, I'm, I'm staying far away. Stay far away. Yeah, this one. <laughs> I, no part, no part of it. All right, um, Old Miss, Alabama State, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the starts of huge slate of games that are taking place at 8 p.m. Eastern on the SEC huge Network slate. Plus. Uh, Ole Miss, we still, still have not heard a thing on who's playing for Ole Miss and who isn't. We are three days away from tip-off, but I think it's safe to assume now that we have not heard anything, uh, we know, as we said in the preview, uh, we just do not expect Brandon Murray or Musa Cisse to be on the floor for Ole Miss. And so um, that obviously changes some things in terms of, uh, you know, your overall expectations, but certainly, and by the way, I forgot to make my pick. I'm going to pick South Carolina as well against USC Upstate. (laughs) Um, But Ole Miss, I'll, I'll take them against Alabama State. No surprise there, but... I think offensively, you know, this is a team we talked about Tennessee. want to see what they look like offensively. This is a team I'm curious to see what Ole Miss looks like beyond Matthew Morrell and Jamie Brakefield, and that's probably what I have my eye on the most here in this one. Yeah, uh, not only that, but also just how the point guard position looks for Ole Miss. Who's taking the ball up every time? Um, is this kind of like a we'll rotate between Alan Flanagan, we'll rotate between Matt Morrell, and, and maybe sometimes even give Brakefield the ball to, to bring it up, you know, or is it like – Juju Murray or TJ Caldwell or even Austin Nunez really take control of that point guard spot. That's what I'm looking for most in this game is just who's bringing the ball up and, and you know who's facilitating for this team. Um, one quick note about Alabama State. They were the 11th worst offense in the country last year. Uh, they were abysmal. They cannot put the ball in the basket. Um, and this is a team that's going to have the leading, the nation's leading shot blocker protecting the rim. Uh, so if you're looking for points, you're not going to find it in this game. Yeah, not not ideal setup for Tony Matlock, of course, who was a former Ole Miss assistant. He's actually going to get uh, acclimated with several of his former teams this year. They play Auburn, too, and uh, Memphis, so uh, he's made rounds there. Brutal schedule for Alabama State. I don't know if you've looked at this, Max, but like they have got a brutal – which, look, it's not surprising. I mean, we, we know how this works and why they're playing these games. Yep. Um, but, you know, Ole Miss, Iowa, Memphis – you know, even at Sanford, like that's a tough game. Um, at LSU, 
yeah, like Auburn, South Florida. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty wild, isn't it? And by the way, they host USC. You know that? They loaded it up. That's interesting. They host USC. That's an interesting I don't know point. how that happened. I love seeing that. Like, more teams should do that. Yeah. So, um, anyways, but... Yeah, I'm going to pick Ole Miss uh, in this game. So, yeah. all right. Ole Miss, and I'll be betting on the under. I'll tell you that much. There you go. That's not a bad play on that one. Um, yes, I think that's good. All right. The one you've all been waiting for, or maybe just the Missouri fans who have checked in <laughs> to get my initial thoughts on Dennis Gates. You know where I stand on Dennis Gates. They're going to play Arkansas Pine Bluff, another 8 p.m. Eastern SEC Network Plus showdown. Uh, if you remember last year, Missouri did not start great in terms of, I'm not talking record-wise. I'm talking, you know, it was a little interesting to say the least to the way things started. You know, they opened up last season, uh, what was it, 97 91 against Southern Indiana. Played several close games early, or just a couple. That one and the next one against Penn, which was a step up in competition. But that was decent. You know, I, I'm i not saying it's going to be the same this year, but here's what I'm looking for with Missouri here. It is, it was very obvious from the start last year that this team had huge defensive challenges ahead. Um, rebounding the same way. I, I think I'm most interested to see how they look in a game like this to start things off because, you know, that that tells you something. Now, it's not going to tell you a lot because Arkansas Pine Bluff was 10-21 and 21 last year. They finished at 322 in Kimpom. Um, You know, they – I'm looking actually – here's something to, to keep in mind too. They lost their season opener last year by a single point at TCU. Um, and then – in their second game against, you know, big competition, they lost by eight at Oklahoma. So a team that was not bad to kind of start the season last year. Uh, but again, I think Missouri should take care of business here. Most things I'm most interested in defense rebounding. You want to see them set the tone from the start here. Cause they didn't do it last year in those areas. Uh, and then of course, I think it's just a matter of seeing what all the new guys look like. Tamar Bates, Caleb grill, John Tanjay and so forth. So, yeah, this is the highest total out of every every game on the slate. Not surprised. No surprise. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you nailed it. Just I, interesting to see how this this Missouri rotation, you know, shakes out. Who's getting the minutes? I'm really interested to see the front court rotation. Like, is Jordan Butler going to be like split in time with Vanover, or is Vanover got, you know, that five on lockdown, thirty plus minutes a game? I'm not, I don't know if we're going to get a true rotation here if this game gets out of hand, you know. Um, yeah. But just, especially in the first half, interested to see how this team comes out and who's playing, uh, the roles and everything like that. Just trying to get a better look at what this team's going to shake out to be. Really good backcourt, too, Missouri fans. Don't sleep on this Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, group. They've got some proven guys in the backcourt. Definitely in the strength of the team and kind of researching them a little bit. Um, yeah, so I would, I would definitely look at that too, but it, it'd be interesting to see, like I said, how Missouri starts here. I will take Missouri to win this game straight yep. up. There's a, yep. there's a shocker. Missouri shocker. fans, the, the Dennis Gates era continues. One or no start is my prediction. All right. The must bus loads up with gas, ready to get going here on the road. And it starts with Alcorn state. Um, the hogs finished second in our preseason power ranking poll from the staff. Uh, Max and I um, both had them second as well. We both had Tennessee first, Arkansas second. Been high on the Hogs uh, all summer, and now they tip things off against Alcorn State here. And, I mean, look, again, this is a team that 
just no shortage of talent. We saw what they did in the exhibition against Purdue. That's got a lot of people kind of revved up, excited, um, you know, to see how things unfold. And uh, hey, this this was a Alcorn State team was pretty good um, last year in conference play, won 15 games. Uh, but the Hogs are a different a different animal uh, to their pun intended. I think that this will be one where maybe the biggest thing I'm looking for is, is rotation. Like we said, again, I mean, you, we saw the minutes in the, the exhibition game with some of that, you know, based on just what they were trying to experiment with and work on, or, you know, it was a lot of that kind of what you're going to see here throughout, you know, this part of the season. And so I think that's what I'm most kind of circling. What's the rotation look like in this game? Yeah. Alcorn state won 15 <laughs> conference games. They only won 18 the whole year. Yeah, so they they didn't do too well in the non-con last year. Um, just some updates on some Arkansas players. Uh, Jalen Graham is probable. He's been dealing with some back spasms, and as a, someone that has also dealt with back spasms, that's kind of like a you don't know. You know, you might wake up one day and and it's all tight and up on you, and you're not feeling good, and the other day, you know, you might be good. So Jalen Graham, I don't think we're going to see a ton of him. I'll just put it that way. But he, he should be available. And then this was interesting, actually. This was probably one of the most interesting notes out of the whole slate that I found when I was doing this research last night. Musk had an interview either yesterday or two days ago, um, just kind of like a post-exhibition presser. And he said that he's got – he was asked about practice, you know, how, how's it going? And he was like, you know, it, it hasn't been what I what I would like it to be the past few practices. He said some guys are going through some some colds with the weather changing. And he said they've got some minor injuries after playing that real physical Purdue team. So he said it's, it's just kind of been a little bit rocky so far this week. And he's hoping to have a few better practices before Monday comes around. So just a little interesting. The team is a little bit, you know, they just played one of the most physical teams in the country. So they, they do have some minor injuries. Nothing major, though. I just thought it was worth noting. Yeah, I think, you know, that's that's always a storyline early on in the season just to kind of see how that unfolds. But, yeah, Alcorn State, an experienced team. Um, they've got some experience, and I think they'll have a chance to win that league, but um, probably going to be a tough one here. So give me the Hogs. Uh, Hogs. Trying to continue my my winning streak to start the season. <laughs> All right, this one's this one would have been a lot more interesting if Mark Freeman was available from yeah. Red State. Um, but still, Morehead State uh, against Alabama here, 8 p.m. Eastern, SC Network Plus. Yeah, Freeman's, I mean, he's he was the OVC player of the year last year, as we know. Um, suffered a, what was it, season in injury? I can't remember the exact injury. I should have that up. Wrist, wrist injury out for the year. Wrist, there you go. Um, and so that's a knock, of course, uh, because, again, he was the player of the year in the league. And, I mean, just, uh, yeah, just such a dynamic player. I mean, as a, what, 5'11 guard that just could – I mean, he was just really good. Like, there's no way to put it. So, he was he was great. If you're gonna beat an Alabama, um, you know that's that's the kind of guy you need on the floor. And so, taking him out of the equation, they've had a little time to adjust, at least try to figure out exactly you know what Preston Spradlin and company are going to do there to try to you know make up for that. Which I just you're not going to be able to um, in terms of just replacing everything that he did. But they've at least had a little time to try to figure out rotation wise what they can do. But Look, Alabama, uh, everybody knows if you watch our stuff, we're kind of split on Alabama. Um, although we're prob- we're probably both a little lower maybe on Alabama than most people. Um, Max a little more so than me, but still, I-, I think this is one where, like we said, what's the one word we talked about with Alabama all summer and why maybe we're a little 
concerned and maybe concerned is too strong, but it's defense. defense. And so, you know, to start, like I said, I, I think it'd be more of a kind of proving ground if, if Freeman was playing for Morehead state. Cause then you're like, all right, defensively, what, what do you do to kind of counter that? But, you know, I still think again, well-coached team, but that's it for me. I, I'm circling defensively. What does Alabama look like here? I think they're going to win the game, uh, but I just I'm very interested to see defensively, and also I'm interested to see three guys in particular: Grant Nelson, Aaron Estrada, Latrell Wrightsell. Uh, really excited just to kind of see what they bring to the table and kind of what their role becomes. Although we kind of have an idea, I think, of those three guys. When you when you put out your initial odds, I quick jumped the gun and and put out my initial leans. Just first quick thought, and I had Morehead State plus twenty two as an initial lean. And then I realized Mark Freeman is out. <laughs> no longer a lean. Um, well, Mark yeah. Pierce, been dealing with a groin injury. Should be good to go. I think him holding out of the uh, exhibitions was just precautionary. I haven't seen anything serious about Mark's ears. Um, one <laughs> interesting note that it doesn't look good for Moorhead State, but uh, returning guard Drew Thalwell, Thalwell, um, for Moorhead State, he said in a quote when he was asked about what, what the backcourt's going to look like without Mark Freeman, he goes, to be honest, I don't know. <laughs> well, I was just like, appreciate oh, your transparency. Yes. Like, oh, God. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if, if Mark Freeman was playing a different game. Uh, what I'm looking for most, though, is I'm looking for who is going to step up right behind Grant Nelson and Nick Pringle. Is it Jaron Stevenson? Is it Sam Walters? Is it uh, Mo Diabate? Is it Mo Wag? You know what? What are those? What 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 does that front court look like? And who's who's gonna you know kind of break out and be that supporting piece behind Pringle? That's what I'm really looking for. Um, but yeah, I mean, Alabama's pick here is no Mark Freeman. Yeah, uh, I think that's it. Um, of course, Morehead State. They've got some guys returning. Uh, Khalil Thomas, someone that I kind of circled. I mean, he. He averaged about 26 minutes a game last year. Um, you know, they brought in brought in seven footer Deontay Miles. Uh, so that's you know, I think he was he was Xavier. Yeah, so he was behind. It's like man, you're talking about wrong place, wrong time, right? It's yeah. like you have to sit there. You know, you're looking ahead of you. You're seeing Fremantle and and Jack over there. Like it's just man, um, unfortunate. But yeah, so it. I I still think Morehead State is a team that we're not an OVC channel, but I, I've still, I don't think they're, they're well completely. Yeah, I don't think they're going to completely fall off, especially not in the OVC. Right. But um, yeah, it could be a challenge against this one. So give me the tide yep. to start things off. And apologies to Alabama fans that's running joke for seven years now. Anytime I pick Alabama, they always lose. So even in games like this, so I apologize Let's if that's not. the case. But yeah, you better hope not. If that happens, Max is going to have a twenty-minute video um, telling you all why he was right about Alabama, um, yep. which you don't want that. So nope. all right. Kentucky, New Mexico State. This is an interesting one. Yeah. Kentucky, uh, EPM Eastern, SEC Network. So all you need is the network on this one. You don't need the plus. You don't have to stream this one. Um, you know, Kentucky, of course, we've said dealing with injuries, we know. Bradshaw, um, Onyenso, still waiting on the uh, the other guy. We're just going to call him Big Z. Big uh, Z. So I, like that. I don't mess his name up. Uh, we'll get it right after game one. But so that's, you know, the big thing for Kentucky, you know, and, and I think we're going to circle – 
what is this, you know, what's the rotation look like without those guys? We know Trey Mitchell's going to probably be on the floor as much as humanly possible. Uh, he'll have to play a lot of minutes, I think, just given the front court situation with the injuries and such. But uh, everybody else, I mean, we're very high on it. You had DJ Wagner, first team all SEC. I saw that in your picks. So, um, yeah. So, so, I mean, Wagner, Justin Edwards, Antonio Reeves, um, Shepard, like keep going down the line. We love their guard group. We love their perimeter play, I think. And uh, meanwhile, New Mexico State, a team that is moving over, changing conferences this year. Big year so, for this, this team. Big year. Yeah. Finally getting out of the whack and getting a chance to go to Conference USA. And look, we are all well aware of how the season ended last year for New Mexico State. Um, mm. One of the, I don't even know how you put it, right? Like just it's sort of an unprecedented situation, seemingly. Yeah. Um, they start. The, the slate clean here and Jason Hooten comes in and it's like, congratulations. You get to open the season at Rupp arena to play Kentucky. So not an ideal start for a program that is basically, you know, we say you hit the reset button. Sometimes they are completely hitting the reset button at New Mexico state. It, this, this game is a, uh, I'm, I'm not scared for Kentucky, but if I'm New Mexico state, I might pick Kentucky far and away. But if I'm New Mexico State, you know, there's nothing to lose here. I'm, I'm move, we're moving to a new conference. we got a fresh slate, completely clean. You're looking at Kentucky, and they've got two, three seven-footers that are not going to be playing. You know, you're looking at this as, wow, we got an opportunity here, boys. Um, so I think New Mexico State, they've got a good uh, – they've got a really good history in that program. You know, Siakam's in the NBA – um, multiple tournament wins past few years. So I think New Mexico State, they were not very good last year, obviously, with, all, with everything that was happening. But I think they're going to come out and really play hard um, and try to steal something here. My, my pick's Kentucky, and I honest, I love the over in this game. I really do. Yeah. Um, New Mexico State had a defense outside the top 200 last year, and I don't really think it's going to get any better in this first game of the season. And with three seven-footers out for Kentucky, I mean – it's just a recipe for points here. Yeah, Jason Hooten too. By the way, I mentioned him a second ago. I mean, he can coach, and this again, is a he, decent team. He had to rebuild the roster because remember again what happened last year and just kind of everything to finish off the season. Um, but like he has completely, re, you know, kind of rebuilt the roster a bit, and and I think it's he had a lot of success at Sam Houston, and so yeah, he'll have his guys ready here. I'm paying Kentucky too, obviously, but um, I think given where that program was at. Uh, at the end of last year, I don't think it's going to take too long for him to turn things around. They're going to um, come to play. Yeah, because I think he is he's a really good coach. So I, I think that, um, again, moving conference is always a transition and maybe a transition year, but uh, I think he'll he'll get that program back to where that fan, fan base expects it to be, which, of course, remember, Chris Jans used to be there, had a ton of success. Um, I agree. But then, yeah, just not an ideal situation last year. All right, LSU, Mississippi Valley State. 8 p.m. Eastern on the net plus as well. Uh, LSU, <laughs> boy, <laughs> the net plus. LSU is without Jalen Cook, and that is the biggest storyline yep. uh, heading into this one because I think, and I was someone who was kind of maybe pushing a little bit more for LSU to move up the, the standings a bit you like if them. they had Cook, but without him. I just see some offensive deficiencies there still, even bringing in Jordan Wright and some other guys. Um, yeah, I, I here's my question. 
I know they played an exhibition game, right? LSU. And, and I'm trying to find, um, I probably should have already had this pulled up, but I've got about 40 tabs and I can't find where it is, <laughs> but, uh, what are you looking for? Yeah, it's uh, I don't know what's going. On. <laughs> I just pulled this up actually, and I'm like, wait a minute, they beat someone 121 to 36, but as a women's team. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to see exactly. No, wait, okay, hold on, Max. Here it is. So I'm not that far off. I was like, I knew the score was something absurd. They beat Louisiana Christian 132 to 44. Um, that was the day before Halloween. So. That, that must have just completely skipped over my radar. I know I knew they it was a blowout because I was looking at the score on Twitter. So I don't know how much we take away from them winning by, I don't know, maybe you're the math whiz here, uh, Max, but 132 to 44. That's a pretty big discrepancy. Is that an 88-point win? 88 or 92, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> you guys leave, leave your comments below uh, with your subtraction on that. But <laughs> I don't know again, but what I was going to say, and boy, it took a long way to get there is I don't know how much I take away from just, you know, who started, who played in a game like that. Right. Uh, right. You know, from that standpoint, although if you want to know Jordan, Wright, Mike Williams, Carlos Stewart, Will Baker, Jalen Reed, which that's probably what I would have guessed. If you didn't have Jalen cook, that would probably be the starting five that I would guess. You know, those were the guys that, that started the game. Um, you know, as I've said, I'm curious to see kind of what Damien Collins does this season. Yep. I think a lot of potential there, of course. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, look, I don't think this is a very deep team. And it, that's why I think not having Cook hurts. But I'm going to pick up to beat Mississippi Valley State. But, yeah, LSU, one of the more intriguing teams out there heading into the season now without what we thought would probably be their best score. Well, uh, luckily for LSU, uh, Mississippi Valley State is, like, the worst team in the country. Yeah. Like, Finished 357th in Ken Palm last year. Uh, they finished last, picked last in the preseason poll. Their coach has a career 33% winning percentage. I, they're just, they don't really have much going for them. Um, hmm. But I am excited for Mike Williams, the freshman. I mean, he might, he might really surprise some people here. Um, so, I mean, yeah, LSU's the pick, but it's it's mainly just what does this team look like without without Jalen Cook? Because he was supposed to be he was supposed to be the guy with the ball in his hands every single possession for this team. So yeah. does uh, I mean, if Mike Williams comes in, or even even Carlos Stewart, the junior, if they come in and look phenomenal, you know, I might be like, okay, well, maybe they've been, you know, Matt McMahon's not an idiot. He's been, you know, expecting Jalen Cook to maybe be there, may not to be there. And these guys have been getting reps with the first team all offseason, and they might look pretty good. Who knows? I just – it's just a I – want, I want questions answered in this game. That's all I'm looking for. Yeah, and probably you know, how much even answering those questions you take moving forward, but at least it gives us something to go on with LSU. Just give me a look, you know? Yeah. They should dominate this game. And if they, I say sometimes I think those kind of games that you should completely just dominate can tell you even more than some of the other type of games like because that's what you expect. So, all right, Florida and Loyola, Maryland here. So we get a good look at uh, the Gators. Todd Golden's second season, they tip things off. Um, I think, you know, this is a – what's that? It's a sneaky good game here. I was about to say, I think this is one that is not going to get a lot of attention, but yet I think this is one that probably maybe should get a little bit of attention. Yeah. Because Loyola, Maryland um, picked fourth by Blue Ribbon in the Patriot League. Um, 
the way they run their offense, they're Princeton-based offensive team. And so we always kind of talk about that. And, you know, when you're trying to defend, which we know every team has kind of got, not every team, but there are even some SEC teams. You can see those kind of principles offensively and in, in some of the things that they do. But, yeah, I think this is, again, kind of a sneaky good one. I think Tavares Hardy's a, a pretty good coach. And, um, you know, with Florida, like we said, we are we are wowed. We are just we're loving the Florida backcourt. But I think yeah. it's what we want to see with the front court, you know, Tyree Samuel, Micah Henlogden, um, that to me is what I'm circling in this one. This game actually has my favorite play of the entire slate. Um, my most confident, I love the over in this one. Um, yeah. I actually took a pretty deep dive into Loyola because they're not bad at all. They're, they're picked top half of their, their conference. Um, they returned three starters from last year's team, but, but most importantly, they're, Leading scorer is Deion Perry. He was a freshman last year. 5'8", 160. Very small point guard. Um, he was had a similar end of the year uh, as Riley Kugel did. Um, averaged like 17 points per game over the last like 12 games, shooting like 45% from three. So he can really score, but he's 5'8", 160. And I just love the matchups that Walter Clayton and, and those guards might be able to have. Uh, against him and then they also got a nice big man um golden dk i think he's a grad senior 610 250 so i think tyree samuel and han lokton will have have not a you know they won't have their hands full completely but they'll get a good look from a decent big man um most importantly though last year when this team played a good offense there were it was like an nba score uh, they gave up 90 to Penn State in the non-con. Uh, they played Colgate twice, gave up 101 in one game and 92 in the other. Like when this team plays a good offense, it's just – it's like an NBA score. Um, yeah. So I love the matchup here for Florida's guards. I think we're, they're going to get a great look offensively here, and we're going to really be able to see, you know, how much the added shooting is going to affect this team. I, I love the over in this game. Yeah, I think, like I said earlier, I mean, Loyola has struggled for years. And I know people say, well, you said, you know, like Tavares Hardy and all this. But, like, I, I think it's – we've had him on, like, the national podcast that I do some stuff with. And, like, it's it, – they haven't had a breakthrough kind of to this point. And I think, though, you know, made some changes, brought in – actually brought in Mike Brennan, who was former American coach. And that's, like I said, like the, the Princeton style maybe um, – May, may help a little bit. Um, and again, the defense has got to be better, like you said. And so, uh, yeah, I'm not, listen, I'm picking Florida to win the game and yeah. should do it convincingly, but um, still it, it's at least an interesting game, I think, given the the parts that are there. So, all right, we wrap up with Texas A&M against Texas A&M commerce. That is yes. Um, 8 PM Eastern sec network plus. Well, we talk about another team that's uh, some of us lower on than others. Um, <laughs> A&M. <laughs> And them have the widest range of picks of any team in the conference because we had someone on the staff that picked them to win the league, and we had someone else on the staff that picked them to finish ninth in the league. Uh, don't know who that was. Um, we'll have to find that guy someday. But yeah, A and M without Julius Marble, I think to me, Max, is that's probably one of the biggest things that I watch for in this one. You know, rotation wise, what does it look like? I still, I'm still a big fan of this team. I know you're, you're not, but uh, when you have Wade Taylor all those things yep. um they should be okay but the marble thing is 
that caps the overall ceiling a little bit, depending on how that pans out, which we don't expect that at all to pan out by the time this game is played. So, uh, I don't have a ton of ton of these connections, you know, that other media guys have, but I I dig and I dig and I dig to try to find information. I go message boards, everything. I cannot find anything on Julius Marble. I, I can't find. I have no clue what's going on. Um, I just know that he's not playing right now. That's all I know. Can't give you. I wish I could give you more information. I really could. Um, Commerce, they were picked bottom half of their uh, their conference, but they do have a. Uh, it was interesting because you know how Texas A and M really really hits the offensive boards. So I was looking at how does Commerce rebound, and uh, they have a player picked to the Southland second team, uh, Jerome Brewer Jr., six nine sophomore, but he's more of a stretch four shooter perimeter type of player. Um, I think that plays into the hands of Texas A&M. Uh, I think they'll be able to dominate the board still. Henry Coleman, Garcia, Solomon Washington, um, they'll be able to do their thing down low. Um, so I don't think Texas A&M will have any issue whatsoever with this game. I just – interesting to see – not even interesting to see how they do without Marble because I think just Washington and Garcia will step right in. Um, they've gotten good minutes there before, so – a&M pretty, pretty handily. Yeah, I agree. Commerce and it's second, it's going to be its second season in division one transitioned into the Southland a year ago, 13 and 20 um, overall it won nine games to, to start, you know, that's not bad for your transition into a yeah. you know, division one. And so, yeah, but the Aggies should take care of business here. Yep. Um, against the lions in the battle of A&M. So <laughs> there you go. There are picks for the open. Where else are you folks going to find 40 minutes? of sec basketball talk on all of these games um there's some other people out there who hoop southbound they may do that which max was a recent guest on so mock 10 sports as well with uh mock 10 sports we appreciate everyone out there that covers sec basketball because yep. there's not a lot of us and so we we always enjoy when we get uh other people that are doing it yeah uh, love what those guys do as well so check them out but uh, of course you can also check out everything else we've got on the channel here um max and i'll be like i said doing sec basketball stuff pretty much every day chris yep. lee will be joining us we'll have brian edwards to give his betting knowledge 20 year plus veteran uh, in the betting space mm -hmm. so a lot of fun stuff coming this season uh and we will kind of give some reaction to all these games well i take that back <laughs> we'll give some reaction to some of these games that are noteworthy uh we will do that on tuesday uh, and we've also got a big game coming up on tuesday Auburn and baylor some other big games coming up as well and as usual, guys, we will do separate videos for the big games. So huge games, Auburn, Baylor, um, you know, Tennessee, Wisconsin, Missouri, Memphis, games like that. They'll all get their separate videos. And don't worry, we won't go 40 minutes on each video. But we will kind of dive into those games a little more, give you about 10 minutes or so on each of those games. So uh, you want all that? All you got to do is hit the subscribe button. That's it. Like, just hit subscribe. Hit the like button if you appreciate our SEC basketball coverage. Um, and again, uh, we always appreciate you're checking out everything we do here at Southeastern 14. A lot more SEC basketball stuff on the way. Check out everything else on the channel. Uh, you can also follow us. We're now on Instagram, TikTok, all that. Find those in the links below. And uh, we will talk to you again here soon at Southeastern 14, presented by Bet Online.